You may be seated, and uh, I want to invite you to open your Bibles to the book of Romans, and we're going to look at, um, <clears throat> and CIA is dismissed, we're going to look at Romans chapter 4, and uh, notice with me in verse 12, we're talking about uh, the faith of who? Faith. Talking about the faith of Abraham. And uh, so um, we see in Romans chapter 4 and uh, verse 12, uh, And the father of circumcision to those who are not only of the circumcision, but also who walk in the steps, that's plural, of the faith which our father Abraham had still while he, while he was yet uncircumcised. Now we've been looking at some of the steps that Abraham began to take. Uh, the first step that we discovered was is that God called him out of his country. And he, he said, I'm going to show you a place. And so he had to leave his, his kindred. He had to leave what was familiar. And then he had to step out in faith, not knowing really what was next. But he trusted the God who told him to go because he knew that the God who told him to go also knew what the next step would be. Amen? And so that is trust. We see in Galatians chapter 3 that we are blessed with faithful Abraham, that we've been redeemed from the curse of the law, and that the blessing of Abraham comes upon us through Jesus Christ. And because we are in Christ Jesus and Christ is in us, amen, we are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So we're blessed with Abraham. We're the seed of Abraham. Hallelujah. And we have been uh, favored by our good, good father to take steps just like Abraham did. We discovered this, that we're cut out of the same vein. Amen. We're, we're like a chip off the old block. Is that right? And so we're learning a lot about Abraham. And some of the things that, uh, you know, that he had to do were not very easy, were they? Now look at Romans chapter 4, verse 17 through 22. The Lord spoke to Abram, and he said, I've made you a father of many nations, before whom he believed, even God, verse 17, who quickens the dead and calls the things that be not as though they were, who against hope believed in hope, that he might become the father of many nations, according to that which was what? Spoken. So we never want to take a step unless we hear from him. See, that's where people get into foolishness, and presumption is stepping out in their own reasoning. No, we must hear from him. All faith begins by hearing. Hearing from the word or hearing from the spirit of God. And Abraham did. And now notice in verse 19 and 20. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body uh, when he was about a hundred. Neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but he was strong in faith and he gave glory to God. I believe that one of the things that kept him from staggering and kept him from considering what he saw with his natural eye was, I believe that Abraham stayed in faith and that he stayed in praise. You'll notice that little phrase, he was strong in faith by how? Giving glory to God. Amen. Somebody give glory to God right now. And in verse 21 it says, And being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able to perform. Now we asked the question last week, why was Abraham able to stay clear? Because of this fact that he refused to consider anything other than what God said. And so I want to encourage you, I'm encouraging myself, 
Don't consider what you shouldn't be considering. Amen? When we are walking by faith, there's only one thing to consider. And that's the Word of God. Remember when Mary and Martha uh, had Jesus come to the house, and Martha was encumbered about with much serving? And she said, Master, you know, don't you care that Mary, you know, is in there listening to you and I'm in here? You can hear the pots and pans and everything's going. But Jesus set her straight. He said, Martha, Martha, you're careful and you're troubled about many things. But one thing is needful. In other words, one thing's on the menu tonight and it's me. (laughs) Amen. And so that one word that God says to you, that's what's on the menu. Amen. Now, if I went over to Vales and all they were serving was hamburgers and hot dogs, that's what's on the menu. What are you going to have, Mark? I'm going to have a hamburger and a hot dog. Thank you very much. How many of you know that the devil is a liar? And so here's what the enemy will try to do to every one of us. He will try to stop us with fears and feelings. So what we need to do then is we need to squash fear. Now, you remember Peter, he was in the boat, and all of a sudden there was a great storm, and then Jesus came walking on the water. And the disciples were freaked out. They thought it was a ghost. And what did Peter say to the master? Lord, if it be you, bid me to come on the water. And the master said one word. What was that one word? That one word was powerful enough not only for Peter to get out of the boat, but all of them to get out of the boat and walk in the water to go to Jesus. Well, Peter did. He got out of the boat. I heard an old sermon many, many years ago. You know, I'd rather be a wet water walker than a dry boat rider any day of the week. How about you? So, you know, he began to walk on the water as as long as he kept his eyes on Jesus Christ. But then, of course, you know what happened. Things got nasty out there. And he started looking at the circumstance, and he began to fear, and as a result, he started to sink. Now, all of us have started to sink before, but aren't you glad that the master is right there with his hand to lift us up, get us out of doubt, get us out of fear, and place us back on our feet so that we can walk with him back to the boat. Amen? And that's the good thing about the Lord, is he doesn't condemn us, he doesn't put us down, when we aren't where we should be with our walk of faith, but he encourages us and he helps us and he brings us along the path. Can you say amen? Amen. And so here's what fear does. Fear considers the circumstances, but faith considers not. So how do we yield to fear? Well, we yield to fear by considering those things we should not. Now look at 1 John chapter 5, and notice with me in verse 4, familiar verse of Scripture. 1 John chapter 5, verse 4, I love that song, I walk by faith, amen, we just sang it. But no, let's refresh our spirits with this, and let's read it together. For whatever is born of God, whoever is born of God, whoever. I mean, if you get born of God tonight at this altar, you then become a world overcomer. In the mind of God, all of us are world overcomers. And the Bible says, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith, and I will add this, even our faith in a faithful God. 
So then, instead of us yielding to fear, what do you say we yield to the Word of God and we yield to the Spirit of God and we yield to the Word of God? So here's the plan of God for all of us. The plan of God is for us to squash fear. The plan of God is for us to walk on top of our fears and our feelings. You see, the word overcome, and it's going to be an interesting study as we look at a few scriptures on the word overcome. But the the word overcome simply means to run over them or to come over the top of them. I believe that tonight we need to get our engines running. Boom. I drove my Cadillac here tonight. I like that black Cadillac. Last time I'll be driving it, but I like it. So when I parked the Cadillac, man, I went, vroom, vroom. I mean, after 15 years, that thing's still got some vim, vigor, vitality, and some zip. I'm just saying. But in the realm of the Spirit, that's what we ought to be doing. We ought not to be running on one cylinder or two cylinders. We ought to have all cylinders, vroom, everybody go, vroom. In the realm of the Spirit, you've got to rev your spirit up. And squash that turkey. He's a defeated foe. Hallelujah. And so we are overcomers. Let's just look at a few promises concerning overcomers. Revelation 2, verse 7. Revelation 2, verse 7. Good to look at the Bible, like Brenda said Sunday night. If you haven't been here Sunday night, man, you're missing at least 90% of your life. We've been having some times. I told Brenda, she says, are you staying home tonight? I said, no, I'm coming, I'm going to shout, I'm going to run, I'm going to dance. And I did it all. In Revelation 2, verse 7. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh... Will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God? Verse 11. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. Verse 17. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh, Will I give to eat of the hidden manna, and will give him a white stone, and in a stone a new name written, which no man knoweth, saving him that receiveth it. I don't know all that means, but I'm looking forward to getting one of those. How about you? Verse 26 through verse 28. And he that overcometh, and keepeth my works unto what? Unto the end. To him will I give power over the nations. That's a sermon there. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron as vessels of potter. And and, uh, they shall be broken to shivers even as I receive from my father. And I will give him the morning star. He that hath an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And then Revelation chapter 3 verse 5. He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed. In white raiment. And I will not blot out his name out of the book of life. And I, ooh, glory. And I, I will confess his name before my father, whoo, and before his angels. That's a promise to overcomers. 
What this is saying, you as an overcomer are going to get recognized publicly. Before the angels. Before the throne. Verse 12. Him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God. And he shall go no more out. And I will write upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God. And I will write upon him thy my new name. Wow. Glory to God. Stick with me here. Verse 21. To him that overcometh. Am I talking to overcomers tonight? Hallelujah. I was listening to Mandesia on the way to church tonight. That song, I'm an overcomer. It's good. You don't know it, but it's good. I can't sing it. How many of you ever heard that song by Mandesia? I'm an overcomer. Yeah, baby. Come on. So I'm pumped. What verse was I in? To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne. Even as I also overcame and am set down with my father <laughs> whoa, in his throne. And then let's go to Revelation 21. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Revelation 21, verses 7 through 8. Hallelujah. He that overcometh shall inherit what? And I'll be his God, and he'll be my son. But the fearful and unbelieving and abominable and so forth and so on, well, they're not going to make it. But we're going to make it because you and me, we're overcomers. And so there are going to be some things for us to overcome, fears and feelings. What do you say? Vroom! Come on, do that one more time. Vroom! Oh, man. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Amen. Now, a very great verse of scripture that we all want to dance about and shout about in our lives, Revelation 12:11. Oh, yeah. I love it. Revelation 12:11. Yeah. Amen. Uh-huh. It says here, and they, that's you. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb. And by the word of their testimony. Praise the Lord. And not only that, they love not their lives unto what? Unto the death. So overcomers then, they do not spend their lives in love with themselves. We could say it this way. They don't go around and take a bunch of selfies all the time. We gave a good friend of ours a selfie stick the other night for a joke. And I don't think he's taken one yet. No, no, no. Love not their own lives. Let's love him. You see, to be honest with you, part of what we have to overcome is really the love of our own life. We're to love our families and we're to love the people around us, but we are to love him, number one, with all of our mind, with all of our soul, with all of our strength, and with all of our hearts. Amen? So how many of you want to stay clear? How many want to stay free from confusion? So choose him every day of your life. And do the one thing that he tells you to do 
every day. Now look at Genesis chapter 15. Let's take this a step further tonight. Genesis, the 15th chapter. The way this starts out is is interesting because the first thing that he says, Fear not, Abram, verse 15, chapter 15, verse 1. After these things, the word of the Lord. Everyone say, the word of the Lord. So who are we talking about? We're talking about the Lord, and another word is coming from the Lord. And so when the word of the Lord is coming forth, then we must mix faith with the word of the Lord. You see, the word didn't profit a lot of people back in the Old Covenant because they didn't mix faith with them that heard it. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word did not profit them, not being mixed with faith, and then heard it. Hebrews 4.2. But now notice the word of the Lord came in a vision, saying, everyone say, fear not. Fear not. So he said, fear not, Abram, because I am thy shield, and I am thy exceeding great reward. So evidently the Lord knew, of course he did, that fear is the one thing that can stop what he's about to say to Abram from coming to pass. Did you catch that? So here we see that there is a strong emphasis. He didn't say, you know, I'm your... I'm your reward. He said, I'm your exceeding. And then he said, I am your great reward. He doesn't just throw words around just to sound fancy. When he says exceeding, when he says great, how many of you know it is? And doesn't that line up with Ephesians 3.20? Let me just quote that to you. Now to him who in consequence by the action of his power that is at work within us is able to carry out his purpose and to do super abundantly. Everyone say super abundantly. abundantly. Far over over. and above above. all that we dare ask or think. I'll read the rest. Infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, our dreams. That's way out there. And so God had this in mind for Abram when he initially told him to leave his hometown. But he couldn't show him what he had in mind for Abram until Abram took that step. So we see then that steps of faith are progressive. Steps of faith are progressive. Our whole lifestyle should be conducted and regulated by taking steps of trust. Hearing, seeing, and doing. Say it with me. Hearing Hearing. and seeing and doing. And in verse 2, and and Abram said, Lord God, will you give me, seeing I go childless, and the steward of my house, this Eliezer of Damascus, And Abram said, Behold, to me thou hast given me no seed. And lo, one born in my house is is my heir. And and behold, everyone say the word of the Lord. Lord. So here's the word of the Lord. 
crystal clear. It came unto him saying, this shall not be thine heir. That's clear. But he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. And now he brought him forth abroad. In other words, I believe he took him outside. He wanted him to see some things. How many of you know the Lord wants to take us outside of our reasoning? He wants to take us outside of what we might have or what we might possess or what we can do. Brought him abroad. He said, look, I want you to see something. Look now toward heaven. And tell the stars. Can you number them? And he said unto him, so shall thy seed be. Wow. In other words, Abraham, look, see, get it. Your seed is going to be more than the stars in the sky. And did you know that includes us? I believe that God showed him the ages to come through a beautiful word picture of the stars. And now notice, in verse 6, read it with me. And he believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him... For what? For righteousness. He believed. He grabbed hold of the word. Anytime you get a word, friend, grab it. I love what Gloria Copeland teaches. She's probably one of the greatest female preachers and teachers on the subject of faith. I love what she says in Mark 11, 24. She said this, What things soever you desire, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. And she says that word receive means to take. Don't you just like that? In other words, what God has provided for you is for your taking. And so we take it. We receive it. With our faith. It's mine. I have it now. Dad Hagen used to say. Faith always ends. With the glad confession. It's mine. I have it now. Say it with me. It's mine. Woo, I have it now. Mm, thank you Lord. So. This righteousness then. Was revealed from faith to faith. As Abraham took these steps. Again, in verse 6, he believed in the Lord and he counted it to him for righteousness. How many of you know that Abram got it? He grasped it. He took what God had said to him. Amen. And so I encourage you to do the same thing. Encourage you to, to, to take what he's speaking to your heart. Receive this engrafted word. Receive the word you may get from the Holy Spirit as it lines up with the word of God. Now this is worth your drive tonight. Listen to this statement. When the Lord can trust you more, he will trust you with more. When the Lord can trust me more, then he can trust me with more. 
Oh, my. And a lot of people wonder, well, you know, I don't know what's going on in my life. It seems like I'm kind of frozen. It might be. I'm not suggesting that it is, and I'm not putting anybody down, but it might be for your consideration. It possibly could be you're frozen because you haven't taken the initial step that God asked you to take. I don't know. Say this with me. When the Lord can trust me more, then he will trust me with more. How many of you know that Jesus had an inner circle? He did. Jesus had people around him that he trusted with more. He was able to say things to them that he couldn't say to everyone. Now, brothers and sisters, me included, I believe that he longs to have his sons and daughters in a position where he can show us more. Where he could wake us up in the middle of the night, tap our shoulder. So I want you to pray over this situation right now in Russia. I want you to pray over this situation right now in the Middle East. He can wake you up in the middle of the night. There's something going on with so and so. Hallelujah. Just raise your hands up right now and say, Lord God, I'm a candidate to be in your inner circle by the power of the Holy Spirit. Show me that which I don't know. Help me to hear that which I haven't heard. In Jesus' name, amen. Now look at Genesis chapter 16. Genesis 16, we see something here in verse 1. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, bare him no children. And she had a handmaid, an Egyptian, whose name was what? Her name was Hagar. Okay, so there was a process of time between the promise and the fulfillment of the promise. We call it, you know, it's the time between the amen and the here it is. And in that slice of time, time will try your trust. Anybody ever had their trust tried? And that is where the fight of faith comes in, that you just got to keep holding on and strong in him. Amen? So now notice this. No children. And Sarai said to Abram, Behold, now the Lord has restrained me from bearing. I pray thee, go into my maid... It may be that I may obtain children by her. And Abram hearkened to the voice of Sarai. Now I'm going to tell you right now, God doesn't operate by it may be. Did you catch that? God doesn't operate by, well, you know, it just may be. That's reasoning. Abraham took the bait. He took his eyes off the stars and put them on the maid. Right? Okay? And so we see then, in, um, that, that occurred, and, and the name of the child, his name was what? Ishmael. The name of the child was Ishmael. Now, Sarai had about had it with Hagar, and she had about had it with Ishmael. Anybody ever had any Ishmaels in their life? 
I'm not going to ask you if you had any Hagers. That's not. But, but you know what Ishmael is? And Ishmael is a type of the flesh. Anybody ever produced anything that is of the flesh and not of the spirit? I think probably maybe one or two of us have. But Sarah had had it. She was, you know, she wanted Hagar gone. She wanted the son gone. In Genesis 21, let's pick it up there. Genesis 21 and verse 9. So Abram's doing good. He's, he's taking those steps. Then he had a little diversion, right? But, you know, the thing about God is he'll take you out of the diversion and get you right back on the right path you belong. That's good, isn't it? Now, in Genesis 21 and verse 9, we see something that uh, she said. And Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, which she had borne unto Abraham, mocking. Wherefore, she said unto Abram, cast out this bondwoman and her son... For the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, even with Isaac. Wow. Don't you know that's a tough thing to do for Abraham? Don't you know that Abraham loved Ishmael? Abraham had to overcome his feelings. He had to take this step to do what Sarai said because his father, his heavenly father, said, yeah, you better do it. Now notice in verse 11. And the thing was very grievous in Abraham's sight because of his son, certainly. But God said, God said, everyone said God said. God, said. God will say some things to us sometimes that are difficult. But it's like that old show, Father Knows Best. And God said unto Abraham, Let it not be grievous in thy sight because of the lad and because of thy bondwoman. In all that Sarah hath said unto thee, hearken unto her voice, for in Isaac shall thy seed be called. Wow. In verse 13, and also the son of the bondwoman will I make a nation because he's thy seed. And Abraham ran from the presence of God. No. What did Abraham do? He rose up early. He rose up early in the morning. He put his feelings under. He did not have a violin grief party. But how many of you know, sometimes you just got to suck it up and you got to put your feelings down. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and took bread and a bottle of water and gave it to Hagar, putting it on her shoulder and the child and sent her away. And she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. And so I'm saying this to say this tonight. He had to overcome both fear and feelings. What's going to happen to them out there in the wilderness? How many of you know God met him out there? But here's the thing. He learned to overcome. And you and I can learn to overcome feelings. Especially when we would not rather have it that way. Especially when we would rather have it a different way. 
How many of you know there's sometimes you just got to overcome what you love? I've seen parents throughout the years enable their children so much that they've got 40 and 50 year olds living in their home and they're just spoiled brats and they're still giving them money. It would have been much better to send them on their way. Come on, somebody. Well, what are they, what are they going to do? You've got to overcome the feelings and do what is right. Hallelujah. Quickly in Genesis chapter 18, I've got just a few moments left. Are you ready? Genesis chapter 18. How many of you know Abraham was keen spiritually? And he knew that there were some messengers of God coming down to Sodom. And the thing about Abraham is Abraham wasn't full of himself. Abraham went out to meet them. These guys wanted to talk about some things. And Abraham knew how to plead his case. Abraham knew that his conversation with them would affect cities, it would affect nations, it would affect the plan of God. And God never got angry with Abraham when he said, you know, if there's just ten left, will you spare the city? But I think it's very interesting, and we don't have time to go into it tonight. We'll, we'll start again the next time we start teaching on it more in depth in Genesis 18. But I think it's very interesting that Abraham went out to meet them. Abraham was still a servant, even though he was the father of many nations. And Sarai actually cooked him a meal. What's up with that? Don't you know that they got servants that have done that? There are times where God requires us to put our best foot forward, no matter what our lot in life is, and take the shoes off of people and wash their feet and cook them a meal and be a blessing. Don't you know our Father is pleased with our faith and with our love for humanity? Let's stand up. That's enough tonight. Amen? Would you get anything out of this tonight?